Hey church, Pastor Jamie here. This week we want to say thank you to some specific cross pointers, some specific uh, worship leaders who have really, because of what they do and because of how God has gifted them, have really created almost a culture within a cross point and are leading to a specific group of people. And uh, we want to say thank you uh, to these people with some of the cross pointers that have been impacted by their ministry. And so we hope that you enjoy this video. My daughter had been going to church um, for a little while and five months later um, Tammy offered um, to interpret for us. So my daughter asked me, do, do you want to go to church? Um, ever since then we, uh, we've been coming and we're um, very interested and involved. Without an interpreter, we wouldn't be able to come to church. So I've been uh, coming to church every Sunday um, because there's an interpreter. So I asked a few of my friends if they wanted to come. Um, and Tammy has now been interpreting for us for almost four years. Uh, and then Sarah um, started to come to church um, and asked if she could actually um, switch off and on uh, with Tammy, so now they have been doing that for us. Uh, and Sarah has been interpreting here since about last summer, and we really, really appreciate it. And their interpreting is so beautiful. Um, the worship um, and the preaching is done so beautifully. We really appreciate that our interpreters show up um, every weekend um, and we hope that more come to experience um, church with us. Without an interpreter we can't have church. Thank you Tammy for interpreting. It's really wonderful and thank you for interpreting Sarah. Thanks a lot and God bless you. That is awesome. Um, I know if you guys are regular Saturday night attenders that you don't actually get to see that in action. Uh, but they're here at the 11 a.m. service week in and week out, and they fill like two full rows over here. And if you're, if you're ever in church during that service, um, during worship especially, and you look over there and you see all of them interpreting along to the word, you will melt and you will not be able to recover for a while. Um, it is incredible, and I mean, we've, we've seen people come to the Lord because of that ministry that they do, um, and lives changed in an awesome way, and so um, we're going to be giving them something at the 11 a.m., and so we wanted to show it because we want you guys to know how awesome that is, um, and if you do see them around or recognize them, be sure to thank them, um, but it's good stuff. How we doing? Awesome. Well, welcome to church. It's good to see you. Welcome everyone at South Campus, and uh, we love you guys and are glad that you're in church today as well. Now, I know that it's weird that I'm up here already. Some of you are really uncomfortable, <laughs> right? Like some of you who are like super routine schedule people, you're in physical pain right now because you're like, why is he up on stage already? Or we're, we're messing things up just a little bit. It's going to be okay. 
Uh, it's going to be a, a bit of a unique service uh, today, not wildly different, but just a little bit different and um, really looking forward to this. Uh, we are wrapping up our dress code series today. And so for the last seven weeks, uh, we have been in this series and we have been talking about spiritual warfare and about what it means to be in this fight and to be prepared and equipped for this fight. And so we have been working our way through Ephesians chapter six for the last seven weeks. And uh, I do think it's important for us to know and remember that anytime we talk about spiritual warfare, whether it's here in church or in your own lives or whatever, uh, it's really important that we don't ever give the enemy more attention than you give Jesus. Don't, don't ever give the enemy more airtime than you give to Jesus, right? Even if it's up here in your head, don't be thinking of him more than you're thinking about your savior. And so we can't deny or ignore the reality that we have an enemy and acknowledge that he is a formidable opponent. But listen, Jesus is better. Jesus is bigger, Jesus is greater, and Jesus is our victory. And so he is the one that we're really talking about, even when we talk about spiritual warfare. It's about Jesus. And so I want you to know that as we wrap this up, and, and as you look ahead to your life, and with whatever it is that comes your way, I always want us to be more confident in Jesus than we are afraid of the enemy. That's, that's how we should operate. That's what we should believe. That's how we should be living. And so I want us to finish this series feeling confident and prepared and equipped and ready and able to face whatever it is that you're going through right now, whatever it is that you're going to face in the years to come, because Jesus can do that through you. He has equipped us and we are ready and we are able because that's, that's what we're wearing. That's the armor that we have put on over these last six or seven weeks. Right? Those aren't just fun sermon topics that we talk about and think, neat. No, that's what you're putting on every day. That's why we handed out red hangers as a reminder every day. I am putting this armor on, and this armor is all I need. This is what God said I need to still be standing when the fight has happened. And so we can be ready. In fact, I want us to look at this scripture today from 2 Corinthians chapter 10, starting in verse 3. It says this, it says, we are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the stronghold of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture the rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. And so if you, if you hear that wording, if you look that up and you read that, it says we knock down strongholds. We destroy every argument that comes up against God. That's the power that we have. When you are equipped and ready for this fight, you have the power to destroy strongholds to break chains, to gain victory. These are not worldly weapons. These are supernatural weapons that Christ has given us so that we can win these fights. This is not how the world wages war. Right? When the world goes through hard times and, and struggles and challenges, they have their own weapons, and, and they're worldly weapons. And, and they're, like, the world uses the weapon of, you know, just believe in yourself. Just keep trying harder. Just use some hustle and some grit. Go get them. Right now, those aren't necessarily bad things, but listen, none of those things will help you overcome sin. 
None of those things will help you have victory over temptation. None of those things can give you freedom from bondage. Self-help has never made a demon shake with fear. Hustle and grit does not worry Satan one bit, but Jesus Christ does. Right? So that is our weapons. That is who we have with us and in us and who is fighting with us along the way. And so I want us to look at this verse as we really start today. 2 Timothy 1, verse 7 says this, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power and love and self-discipline. So even in spiritual warfare, for the challenges you find yourself in, it's not one of being worried or filled with anxiety or nervous or stressed, but we operate in power and in love through the power of Jesus and the Holy Spirit that is filled with us. And that, that is how we should be operating and living and speaking and believing. Are you with me? Because I, I know we hear that and we read it and we're like, I know, yeah, I get it. That's good. But the question is, all right, well, how? What does that look like tangibly? What am I supposed to do? And so I think it's important for us to remember this is what it looks like to put all of the pieces of the armor on every day. It's important to remember, all right, I'm putting on my belt of truth. What does that mean? It means that I am knowing the truth, I'm in the truth, I'm reading the truth, memorizing the truth, declaring the truth, speaking the truth, I'm embodying the truth. Jesus is the one who is true, and it's no longer I that lives, but it's Christ who lives in me. So I have truth, and that's power. Okay, so that's just my belt. And then we put on God's righteousness. That's our body armor. And we talked about this is the thing that reminds us that I am not good enough and I will never be good enough, but it's God himself who says, well, I'm good enough, so here, why don't you put on my righteousness? And why don't you wear mine? And now God looks at us and says, you are holy and you are blameless and you are faultless before God. That's crazy. That's our body armor. We have God's righteousness. And after that, we have our shield of faith, which protects us from the fiery arrows of the enemy, which means that even when the enemy is coming at me with his worst weapon, it doesn't even get to me. I've got a shield in the way that is my faith that acts as my protection, that acts as a barrier, and it's strong enough to withstand every, every weapon, every opponent, every lie, every discouragement that comes my way. It doesn't even get to me because I've got a shield of faith, and that shield also helps me push forward and take ground from the enemy. And after that, we put on our shoes of peace, which reminds us that there should always be an undercurrent of peace in your life, no matter how stressful the situation, no matter how chaotic, no matter how confusing, how painful, or how difficult, Jesus says, here, I will give you peace. I mean, that's pretty crazy too. And just to have peace in the middle of all of that chaos. That's only Jesus. And we go on to put on our helmet of salvation, which is a reminder that I am a brand new creation. That I have been made completely new and my old nature is gone and he has given me a new nature. And it gives me a promise for eternity. It gives me purpose for the present. It gives me hope and meaning. I mean, it's everything. And then after that, we look at the the sword of the spirit, which Jamie talked about last week. And and it's really a twofold thing that gives us power to to tear down all of these strongholds, but it also strips the power from the enemy. 
I mean, we've got the spirit of God, the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in me, is what scripture says. So when you look at all of that together at once, when you wake up and you put on all of that armor at the same time, how couldn't you walk in a spirit of power and love? There shouldn't be fear and timidity when you're wearing all of the armor of God. Because I know that we've talked about it separately one week at a time, but when you put it all together, it's like when a superhero team comes together. It's like Voltron. Any, any other 80s kids out there? Oh, yeah. All of those things are good and great on their own, but when you put them all together, it's like, whoo, that's awesome. That's, that's some good-looking armor. That's a nice suit. Right? You know, you remember how yeah, you get those days where you buy new clothes and you're like, these look good. And then, like, at the same time, you're, you're having a good hair day and you're, you're all done up and you're like, look at this. Everyone come see how good I look, right? Like, it's that whole thing again. You're like, man, that's what it looks like when you put on the armor of God. You're like, look at this. This is fantastic. I am completely set for whatever the day has in front of me, whatever the world is going to throw at me. I'm completely ready. I look good. This is, this is a suit that is never going to go out of style. It's never going to be old-fashioned. It's never going to look bad. And I am fully prepared and equipped with the armor of God. Amen? Now, there's one more thing. Now, that's the classic Steve Jobs line. There's one more thing. And Ephesians talks about it. So we're going to read this one more time for good measure. Ephesians 6, verse 13. Good refresher. It says, Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. And then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And then verse 18 says, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. So this is kind of the last part of our armor. This is kind of the last thing. And so this is going to be our focus for today. This is going to be what we're really talking about. And, and I know that it doesn't really fit with all the other ones. All the other ones got a cute little metaphor, and it's something that you put on, and then he's just kind of like, and then pray all the time. So it's like, I don't know, we can call it like the pants of prayer if you really need to like, like we're not wearing pants right now as far as the armor goes. So if you want to do that, we're going to put on our pants of prayer today. And this, you shouldn't know. I'm not supposed to add things to the Bible. Just disregard that. Um, but this is the action that's really going to tie all of this stuff together. This is really the thing that is going to give us the power to make sure that our armor is ready and operating and working the very best that it absolutely can. It's like getting a brand new car and it is flawless and shiny and new and the gas tank is empty. You have it. It's not going to do anything for you, right? And so this is kind of a reminder that you can suit all up and be ready, but if you're doing it without the power of God helping you along the way, it's, you're not going to get anywhere. 
We need to be praying at all the time. This is our reminder that God is the one who is working. God is the one who has the power to do anything, right? So anytime you think, I'm going to put on my helmet, I'm going to grab my shoes, I'm going to grab my shield and go fight my battle. No, no, no. Prayer is an acknowledgement that's like, no, no, no. This is all from God, by God, for God. And he is the one who will claim the victory. He is the one who is at work within me. Really, without prayer, our armor is completely superficial. It's decorative. It's one of those fancy suits of armor that you see at a museum that no one is wearing. It's not doing any good. That's what our armor is without prayer. And so in order for this to actually work, we need to be people who pray. Paul is writing, put all of this stuff on, but don't stop praying. Suit up. And you see the language he uses? Pray all the time. Pray on every occasion. Be persistent in praying. That's one verse. Like, we get the point, Paul. He's like, yeah, no, put it all on, but don't stop praying. Don't think you can do this without prayer. We have to be people who pray. And I know that for all of us here that this is a basic tenet of our faith. You get it. You know that. You you probably pray a little bit every day. You get the importance of it. But I, I really want us to to get that, uh, whether it's conviction or equipping or whatever it is we need today, to be transformed into people who pray. Prayer is incredibly effective, and a lack of prayer is incredibly detrimental. And so if you are wondering, why am I not growing? Why don't I hear from him? Why don't I get answers? Why isn't he moving? Are you praying? How much are you praying? We, we need to get this part right. It's so simple, but it's so vital, even for our church in general, for God to work here and move here, right? Like, we don't need more programs or organizations or methods or ideas or strategies or anything like that. What we really need are men and women of prayer. Men and women who are filled with the Holy Spirit and praying at all times on every occasion persistently. That, that will be the thing that leads the charge and changes generations of lives for Jesus. It's not ever going to be great music or great preaching or great coffee or great ideas or great kids' ministries or great whatever it might be. It's going to be people who are great in prayer and great in love and great in faith who are doing the work day in and day out of getting on their knees and praying. In fact, if someone were to ask, like, what, what kind of people do you want at your church? Do you, do you need more musicians? Do you, do you need more people who can help out in kids' ministry? Do you need more people who are younger or older? No, I, I want people who pray. Men and women of prayer who get it and they do it all the time. The nitty-gritty, not necessarily glamorous act of working through prayer on a daily basis. That's who's going to change. That's what is going to change your life. And that's what's going to continue to change this church. We've got to be in constant communication with Jesus. Because, I mean, really, the matter of fact is, you become like the people you hang out with the most, don't you? Right? Like, you start to take on their phrases. You talk like them. You take on their mannerisms. You start to dress like... It gets a little creepy, actually, sometimes, doesn't it? And you only have to hang out with someone for a few minutes to be like, uh, you're friends with so-and-so, aren't you? They're like, yeah, how did you know? It's because you're just like them. Same thing with Jesus. If you want to look like Jesus and sound like Jesus and speak like Jesus and operate like Jesus, you better be spending time with Jesus. It's not going to happen otherwise. 
So it's evident. It's evident who prays because they're the people that look like Jesus. And so I don't want to necessarily even just preach on prayer today. I want, to, I want to equip us to be people who pray. And I want us to actually pray today. And so that's kind of what we're going to do. This is going to be a bit of a prayer service where I'm going to speak a little bit and then we're going to pray. And then I'm going to speak a little bit and then we're going to pray. And it might be a little different for you and that's good. It might be uncomfortable for you. Great. All right, listen, because whenever this happens all the time, whenever, well, I was a little uncomfortable with that, so I didn't do it. No, that's when you should do it. If you only ever do what's comfortable, when are you going to grow? What are you going to learn? Right? So you should do uncomfortable things. That's what he's asking us to do. So don't cop out at any point tonight and be like, ooh, that's out of my comfort zone. Perfect. Give it a whirl. See what he does. Amen? Amen. <laughs> All right, so we're going to talk about prayer. The first couple kinds of prayer that I want to talk about, this is how we pray week in and week out at the church. We have prayers of petition and prayers of praise. This is our please and thank you. Right? This is when, all right, my petitions are, I'm coming before God and I need something. I want something. I need provision. I need healing. I need guidance. I need peace. I need protection. There's something going on. I need you to do a thing. God. That is your prayers of petition. Uh, we, we get both of these uh, biblically from Philippians 4, 6, among many other places, but I love this verse. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. As if to say, prayer is the antidote for worry. Fun fact. If you worry a lot, pray more. And it goes on to say, tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Please and thank you. All right, so the petition is the telling God what you need because he is the one who is a healer or a provider. He is the one who is a light unto your path. And so he is the one you need to go to and ask for these things. And so we need to go before him and do that. And this is perfect because we're acknowledging every time we do this that I can't. I cannot heal myself or provide for myself or give myself supernatural guidance. I'm not capable of it. So prayer really is, is kind of the antithesis to how the world operates and says, just get smarter, try harder, keep going. And prayer is like, can't, he can. And so this is our requests, this is our petitions. I'm just natural, but I need some supernatural. This is 1 John 5.14. It says, and we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And since we know that he hears us when we make our requests, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. Do you have enough faith to really believe that God gives you what you ask for? That's how we should pray. So right now, we're going to do that. Uh, this, for this kind of portion, this is just going to be a quiet individual prayer. And I just want you to think of one or two specific needs that you have in your life right now, and I want you to pray for those. Uh, just take, we're just going to take like two minutes right now, quietly, and go before God with your petitions.
All right. Don't ever be afraid to ask God for things. God even says, like, how much more does God want to give good gifts to his kids? He wants you to ask for things. He loves to bless you. So that is prayers of petition. Uh, secondly is, is prayers of praise. And petition, I would argue, that's the kind of prayer that we do the most, isn't it? God, I need this. Can you show up and be here and do like that? That's, that's probably our most go-to prayer. But prayers of praise are incredibly important. And, and it's really just a way of saying, God, you are good. And I am thankful for you, thankful for who you are and what you've done. Sometimes we lump this in. We think, well, if I'm asking for something, that's a prayer. But if I'm praising God, that's a song. Right? That's kind of what we do, isn't it? We like categorize these things. But it can be both. Why don't, why, we don't need a neat little category for everything. You can pray a song and you can sing a prayer. Isn't that what the book of Psalms is anyway? I mean, you read a psalm and you're like, was that a song or a prayer? Yes. Yes, it was. Right? So you, you can pray praises. You don't have to sing. It's all right. Um, this is how Jesus taught us to pray, was to start with, with a note of praise and worship. He taught us how to pray using the Lord's Supper. What's the very first line of the Lord's Supper? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So what's he saying right there? He's saying, man, our, our God who is in heaven, meaning God is huge and enormous and everywhere, but he's also God our Father, which means he is incredibly close. Hallowed, meaning holy and worthy is your name. So right off the bat, we've started with his bigness and his closeness and his holiness. Jesus says, that's how you pray. And so we should start our prayers with praise. Before you ever ask for anything, you should thank him. You should give him praise. You should give him worship. In fact, sometimes you can pray without ever asking for anything. Neat. <laughs> well, I, how often do you do that? How often have you said a really good prayer before God and you didn't ask for a thing? Can you imagine if that's how your kids or your spouse or your best friend treated you? They're like, I love you. And it was always followed up with, I need like 10 bucks. <laughs> right? Like after a while, you'd start to think like, oh, it's a little bit of a conditional love there. Right? Sometimes it's okay to say, I love you. That's it. Isn't, isn't that good to hear sometimes? Isn't that encouraging to hear? So how much do you think God loves it when we stop just to say, thank you, you're good, I'm grateful, and I love you? Amen. So we need to do prayers of praise, I think, more often than we do. And so we're going to take some time to do that right now. But what we're going to do is, is proclaim them out loud. Okay, so wherever you're sitting, I, I want us just one word or one phrase to, to start with. Thank you, God, for. Or, God, you are good because. God, I am grateful because. All right, so I know some of you, like I said, some of you are going to be like, no, I don't want to do this one. That's fine. That's fine. You'll get a chance to be awkward later. So I want us to do that right now. Let's take a minute or two and, and just declare out loud where you are, why you are so grateful and thankful for God. And go.
He's good, isn't he? He's worth it. He's, he's, just, he's worthy of all of those things that he said, and, and he has done all of those things for you. And you think like, well, what has he done for me? Everything. Everything. The breath that is in your lungs when you got out of your bed today is a gift. He's good. He's good. So don't forget, petitions, great. Praises, also great. Make that a part of how you pray every day. Uh, the next kind of prayer we're going to talk about is intercessory prayer or intercession, which is a, a big scary word that basically means instead of praying for yourself, you're now praying on behalf of someone else. So you're praying for someone else who's going through a difficult time or they need healing or provision or guidance or protection or salvation, whatever it is, they're not praying or incapable of praying or they just need more prayer. And so now you're going to pray for them and on behalf of them. And so... That's incredibly important. And so what we want to do specifically for this next kind of prayer and the one after that really uh, is, is tie it together with Easter next weekend. And we want to be praying for a whole bunch of people who need to hear from Jesus. They need him in their lives. They need salvation. They need hope and freedom and grace. And so that is how we want to pray. Uh, we've got five services coming up next weekend and we want to intercede on behalf of the people who will show up to those. And so, here's how we're going to do that. One, um, we have these in invitations that we're going to hand out. These are fun. This isn't like, let's go on Microsoft Word and print off a business card. Like, we, act, like we made fun invitations. Uh, so on this side is a map with times of services and locations. And on this side is just more information and that kind of stuff. It's a fun invitation. It's easy to hand to someone and just say, love for you to come to church with me. And so... I want you to pray right now. These are all at the back desk. And so it is our desire that you would take one for the person you are about to pray for or the family you are about to pray for. Um, we printed off a few hundred of these. And so we want to walk that line between we want every single one of them to go out the door. All right, we don't want leftovers. We can't use these again. Like I'm not ever going to be able to advertise Easter 2017 again. You understand? You're looking at me like, why not? Well, well this, it happens once. Um, but we also don't want like Saturday night to take 80% of them and the rest of the services to be like, where do our invitations go? Uh, so uh, there are, the, are going to be a bunch of these at South Campus too. And so we want one per like family or one per couple or if you're single, one per person, whatever it is. But I, what I want you to do right now, before you ever take this on your way out today, I want you to take time and pray for the person you are going to invite, which means you need to invite someone, okay? So I want you to pray for that person, that family, that friend, that neighbor, whoever it is. Maybe it's praying that you would have the courage to ask them. Maybe it's you praying that they would actually accept the invitation. Maybe it's praying people out of bed on the weekend so that they show up and come to church. Um, but I want you to do this, but I want you to do this um, with someone. So look at the person you're sitting beside or the people you're sitting around, and I want you to pray with your neighbor about this. Um, if you're sitting next to a complete stranger, you can say, hi, my name is, and you can pray with them because then you're not strangers anymore. Um, and so if you want to, just one other person is fine. If you're with a group, you can do that as well. But what I want you to do is I want you to tell them who it is you're praying for, and I want them to pray for them. 
And then I want you to pray for the person they're inviting. Um, and, and I want us to do this because sometimes it just feels good to have someone else carry the weight with you, doesn't it? Sometimes you're tired of praying for the same people over and over again, and it would give you a little bit of hope and peace to know that someone else did too. And so your neighbors are going to pray for your person. You're going to pray for theirs. It's not because they're better at prayer than you. I mean, it might be. I don't know. But that's the reason behind what we're doing. All right? So take a minute. Think about who you're inviting. Meet your neighbors and pray with them. Awesome. I know some of you might not be done. That's fine. You can, you can also pray later. That's one of the great things about prayer. Is that you, can, you can hit pause and just continue later. Um, so that's awesome. The last thing I want to get us to do is I want you to take a minute to pray for the person who will be sitting in the chair that you are in right now. Um, there might be four or five people in that chair next weekend. If you're at the theater, uh, pray for the person who will be sitting in that seat. If you're around empty seats, then you can lay claim to those as well. Put your hands on them, look at them, whatever you want to do to them. Um, but let's just take a minute right now, again, just kind of out loud, just be praying for the person who will sit in this chair next weekend for Easter as we preach Jesus, as we share Jesus, pray that their heart would be softened and that they would accept the good news of Jesus. Let's do that right now. Let's pray. Father, we just pray right now that you would be even be preparing 
the hearts of the people who will come to church next weekend that don't even know they're coming to church yet. Maybe they haven't been invited yet. Maybe they've never been here before. Uh, but we just pray right now that, that you would be doing good work in advance for the work that's going to be done here next weekend. God, we pray next weekend for victory. We pray for salvation. We, we pray for healing. We pray for freedom. We pray for hope, Jesus. We pray against the enemy right now in your name, Jesus from discouraging people from coming, from turning down invitations, from missing their alarm and sleeping in, whatever excuse that they would want to have before them, we pray against it, Jesus. We pray against that stronghold in your name, and we pray that you would draw people into your presence, that you would draw people to our church next weekend and all across the city. God, we pray your victory and salvation for every church in the city that they would have an unbelievable Easter weekend, that every seat would be filled, that your truth would be declared, that people would meet Jesus, and it would be a, just an unprecedented day for your kingdom. Jesus, we pray it in your name. And so we pray for that here as well, for all of our services, for both of our campuses. Do a good work. Move in a mighty way. We ask it in the name of Jesus. And the church together said, amen. So we just got finished saying that sometimes you can sing prayers. We're going to sing right now. And uh, we're just going to continue to declare um, another couple songs. This is what I interrupted to come up and preach. Now we get to sing some more and pray some more. And uh, God is good and he is worthy. So let's stand, let's sing loud, and let's proclaim his goodness.